Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is season two, episode eight. Thank y'all for tuning in. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and also follow on all social media platforms at X Factor Sports. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We are live, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter, of course. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got a great show for you guys tonight for episode eight. We got some NBA talk. The season starts next Tuesday. We are less than one week away from the new NBA season. We also have some X factors for week seven going into the weekend. And of course, we got to touch on Major League Baseball. So let's get into some of that quick news while we got you. All right. Always ladies first, the WNBA finals. We are at game four tonight. I think it actually starts right now. Hopefully you got a split screen where you checking out the X Factor Sports Podcast and you catching the women, the WNBA Finals. We got AL and NLCS as well. But for the ladies, game four tonight, New York Liberty at home against the Vegas Aces. They won game three. The Liberty did by 14 points. They're looking to even this series up at home tonight. Um, This series has been interesting to say the least Uh, i thought it'd be a a defensive battle i thought it'd be some close games because these are two of the best teams in the in the league but every game has been a blowout like the average margin of victory in the finals is 20 points so it seems like whoever's playing at home gets a lopsided victory so i'm interested to see what happens tonight in game four but we got the liberty going up against the vegas aces And like I said, I think this series is going five games. So I look to see the Liberty win tonight and let it go back to Vegas and we see what happens. All right. Major League Baseball, we got the ALCS and NLCS not looking like a series on either side. The Phillies are dominating. Look, they are dominating the Diamondbacks. They're up 2-0. They scored 10 runs. They won 10 to nothing yesterday. Kyle Schwarber crushing home runs. Bryce Harper looks like the face of Major League Baseball, making it exciting again to watch baseball in October. They look like the favorites. They look like a juggernaut right now. This team is made for October. So the Phillies are up 2-0. The Rangers are also up 2-0 against the Astros. Took two games in Houston, and now they come home for the next two, a short little bus trip back up to Arlington. Looks like the Rangers and the Phillies might meet in the World Series. It's crazy. I did not think the Rangers had it in them. They kind of took a slide in the end of the regular season, but they get Max Scherzer back tonight. So we'll see how he looks. I'm sure it'll be a little bit of rust, but surprisingly enough, the Rangers pitching has been the story in the ALCS against the Astros. Very surprising, exciting series. We might get two sweeps to the final to the World Series, y'all. So stay tuned to that. And it looks like it's going to be a collision course. Phillies, Rangers, we'll see what happens, all right? They've been the most dominant teams in the playoffs all season long, all postseason. The Phillies, I think they've lost one game, two games maybe. They lost to the Braves. And the Rangers haven't lost yet. So they look unbelievable. So it's great. It's great to see new teams on their way to the World Series instead of seeing your same old Yankees, Dodgers, those guys. I did think the Braves were going to make it, but... Phillies are too dominant right now. So we'll see how that those two series end, and we'll talk about the fall classic on the next episode. All right. 
Now let's get into some NCAA football. We still got quick news for that. Huge college football games this weekend. Huge implications for the second X-Factor college football power rankings next week on episode nine. We want to make sure we pay attention to these games this weekend. You got number seven, Penn State, against number three, Ohio State. Huge Big Ten battle. That may be the game that decides one of the four college football playoff teams. So that's a huge game. Then you got Pac-12 games. You got Washington State at Oregon. That's a huge game. Oregon coming off a tough loss to Washington up in Pullman. So we'll see how that game goes. Also, you got Tennessee and Alabama, number 17 versus number 11. Both one-loss SEC teams. You already know how college does. SEC teams can get in with one loss, so that makes this a pivotal game, of course, and it's Alabama. Excuse me. Looks like they get – looks like Alabama is getting the quarterback right with Jalen Milrow. He's had a couple good games in a row. Looks like they're figuring that out at the right time. Looks shaky early on, but going into Halloween, they look like they're hitting their stride. And Mizzou. Believe it or not, the Mizzou Tigers are looking to go 7-1 and one before they hit a gauntlet of SEC-ranked teams. I think they get Georgia, Tennessee. I think Florida's in there as well. So they get a gauntlet in the next three weeks, but they got an opportunity to go 7-1 and one if they win this weekend. So congrats to Mizzou. So far, so good. And number 16, Duke, against number four, Florida State. No, this is not basketball. I know it sounds crazy. Duke football is actually good this year. They only got one loss against Florida State undefeated. Their national championship aspirations and hopes are still in play. Florida State Seminoles I'm talking about. Huge ACC game. This is implications of who would probably win the conference. So big implications on that game. And then lastly, another Pac-10 game you want to watch. You got number 14, Utah at number 18, USC. They got killed by Notre Dame last week. Caleb Williams probably had his worst game in college football. Three picks. Look to see them bounce back at home in a huge conference game against Utah. We'll see what happens there. And with all of that, next week we will talk about, like I said, that college football power ranking top 10, the second iteration of that. We will see who makes it into the top 10 and who gets kicked out. Remember, college football playoffs here at the X-Factor Sports Podcast does not worry about records, about who you beat, the small schools, any of that stuff. It's about how you're playing right now, the strength of the teams you did beat, how you look going into the next few weeks, your defense, your offense, how you rank against the other big schools in the nation. So be sure to tap into that. But before we dive into the X-Factor Sports Podcast and all of its lovely segments, let's talk about about college. We're going to segue into that. How do you guys feel about college preseason rankings? So this is in football and basketball. We got the college basketball rankings that came in this week, preseason rankings. I believe KU is number one. It's always KU, Duke, Kentucky in some form or fashion. But how do y'all feel about it? Personally, I don't even care about these rankings. They're preseason rankings. They don't mean anything because ain't no game has been played yet. So in college football, 
or college basketball. The rankings are all predicated on what teams did last year and who they recruited and who's coming into the season this year. That's why they do preseason rankings. Something to talk about, build up hype for upcoming season. Listen, college football and college basketball have been around for hundreds of years. We already know that the season is coming up. We don't need the hype of, oh, this player might be good or this team might be great. So let's rank them high. Like, I get it. Georgia should be the number one team in the country because they won back-to-back national championships. But that goes without saying. Do we need to have a show about preseason rankings? No. We know who the good teams are. So for me, college rankings don't mean a thing. I tell people all the time, anybody that knows me, they know how I feel about it. The rankings, especially college football, I don't want to see a college football ranking to Halloween. Give me seven, eight games, and then, based on your record, now let's roll out a ranking and see what you've done those first two months of football. And that'll put teams on edge, wondering, oh, man, did I win by enough points? Did I schedule the right teams? Did I, you know, how did I do head-to-head? Do I have a great road schedule? Those types of things will be in coaches' minds when they're scheduling these games because now they won't know if they're ranked until Halloween. I think that's a great thing to do for college football is to hold off on the rankings until we actually see these teams play. And then that'll validate your ranking. Having a team number one, number two in the country, and then when they lose or we think it's a big game and it turns out the team wasn't even that good in the first place. Happens all the time. College basketball. Carolina was ranked number two in the country last season because they lost in the national championship the year before to KU. Turns out they didn't even make the tournament. They weren't good. They lost 9, 10, 11 games last season. I don't even know how many games UNC lost. But to that point, in college basketball, we are ranking these teams based off their name, being blue bloods, and they haven't played any games yet. So with that, college football, those rankings should have come out to Halloween. And I don't think college basketball, I don't think those rankings should come out to Thanksgiving, maybe even closer to Christmas, because I want to see these teams play first. Even as a Duke fan, good. They're ranked number two in the country preseason. Cool. They got a lot of freshmen that haven't played college ball yet. They ain't played against grown men. They haven't played in bigger arenas yet. The AAU stuff is out the window when you come to college. You play against grown men. So I want to see these guys play games go up against the best competition for about two, three, four weeks, and then we can see where they rank. So you guys let me know what you think about that. At the bottom of the ticker, you can see if you got any questions or give me your response. Let me know what you think about that. How do you feel about college preseason rankings? Me personally, I don't care for them. They mean nothing at the end of the year. They have no implications on playoffs or March Madness. It's just a bunch of buildup going into the season. We already know the games are coming, so just let them play, right? The games themselves will weed out who should be ranked and who shouldn't be ranked. So my proposal, and you guys let me know what you think, be sure to like, share, subscribe, also follow all social media platforms at X Factor Sports. Let me know what you guys think. How do you feel about college preseason rankings? I believe... College football rankings should come out on Halloween. And I believe college basketball should be Thanksgiving. You guys let me know how you think. When we come back, 
we are going to get into the NBA. We are less than a week away from the season opener, and we are going to talk about NBA predictions. We're going to predict the eight teams that are making the playoffs in the East and Western Conference when we come back. love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and also follow. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. And you can catch all the audio if you can't catch the show live. You can always get the audio on all of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Be sure to tap into those. All right, let's get into it. The NBA is back. If you guys have been watching preseason games like I have, because I'm a junkie, so I watch all the basketball. Miss D, she already knows. She probably lost me to June. I'm going to be doing my thing for basketball for the next nine months. (laughs) All right, so let's get into it. What you guys have been waiting for, the predictions, who do we have going to the playoffs? I even got them broken down by what seed I think they're going to get. So let's go ahead and start the Eastern Conference, all right? For the one seed, I'm going to just go one through eight for y'all, all right? Milwaukee Bucks. At the one, I got the Celtics at two, the Cavs at three, the Heat at four, the Sixers at five, the Bulls at six, Knicks seven, and the Nets at eight. I am not doing play-in game. I don't care about them games. Those are not playoff games to me. So you won't hear me talk about who's going to make the play-in game. Now, let's break down that order, all right? So we got the Bucs as the number one seed. I believe the Bucs will be the number one overall seed, again, in the NBA for a couple reasons. One, I think Giannis has something to prove. He's upset about how things ended last year, getting bounced out of the playoffs by the Heat. So I see him and Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. I think they come out, make a statement. New coach Adrian Griffin. I think they make a statement in the Eastern Conference for sure. And I think that they are going to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Giannis finally has a legit closer in Dame Lillard. He doesn't have to take all the shots or figure out where people need to go, how to get people in spots. I think once that chemistry comes together, We'll see Dame Lillard take off. I think he's going to understand playing in the East is a lot different than playing in the West. I think he will have a great season if he can stay healthy. Along with Chris Middleton, I think Middleton will be healthy. A full year of recovering and then playing an NBA season, I think he'll be back to form as well. Also, you got to think, the NBA, this is the highest level of basketball. These players are competitive within their teams as well. You got to think of Chris Middleton's mentality. Oh, you guys are bringing Dame over here to get us over the hump. We already won a title. I've been good enough to help us win a title. So bringing Dame over here, 
I feel like Middleton is going to be a number three, but he's going to have a great season. Not going to have a bunch of pressure on him, but will still be at 18 to 20 points a game. And I think you'll see him play and elevate his game this season, kind of like Klay Thompson did with the Warriors last year. After his one year, two years off, took a year to get warmed up, healthy again, and then took off. So I see the Bucs as a one seed. At the two seed, we said Boston. I think this is a make or break year for the Celtics. Salary cap wise, team wise, like I think if they don't get it done this year, they blow it up. This is kind of the last straw, if what have you, for the Boston Celtics. You got Jalen Brown, who just signed 306. Next year, Tatum will be eligible for $300 million. So you have two players in your books for $600 million for the next four or five years. If they can't win this year, I don't see that team staying together. I think they will get the two seed, though, when they get the playoffs. But they're not worried about the regular season as much as everybody else. They know how important it is to win in April, May, and June. And with the addition of Drew Holiday, I think he helps them. So we'll see. I think that they will win games, but I think they won't be in such a big, they won't have such a big excitement to have the most wins in Eastern Conference. I think they will pace themselves, win games because they are a good team, but I see them as a two seed. Three, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think is a surprise to most people. They had a great season last year, got bounced in the first round as the four seed to the five seed at Knicks in five games. I think they come back hungry. I think everybody's healthy. They're the biggest team probably in basketball with the Mobley twins, with Amani Bates now, the rookie 6'10". They got him there. They got Jared Allen still. He'll be healthy. And then with Donovan Mitchell and, and Garland, I think those two guards playing together for another year. J.B. Bickerstaff, another year under that team. I see them winning a lot of games. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the three seed in the East. Miami Heat at the four seed. The Heat do what they're going to do what they do every year. They kind of piddle around the middle of the pack. Nobody really pays them any attention. They win ugly. Jimmy Butler is in and out of the lineup. I think he will play more this year because of the 65-game rule. So I'm looking to see the Heat actually be competitive during the regular season with something to prove. I think they feel slighted that Dame didn't come to them. So Tyler Hero may have a chip on his shoulder being around trade talks all offseason. I think the Heat come out and they play well. I think they get off running to a good start. But the other three teams, I think, are just more talented top to bottom. So I put the Heat at the fourth spot. The Sixers. We got the Sixers at the five seed. But the Sixers can easily be two or three with with their talent, or they can be the eighth seed. The reason I say that is because of the locker room. James Harden doesn't want to be there. Hell, he wasn't even in practice today. Like, <laughs> So until they figure that out, they're going to have a problem in that locker room that could tear everything down. And I think if they don't go to the next level, at least a conference final, that Joel Embiid will be asking to be traded. It's sad to say we trusted the process. Process didn't get us anywhere. All these guards getting traded. It's a revolving door. It didn't work out. 
whatever Daryl Morey and James Harden relationship is, it sounds like it cannot be fixed. So for that reason, like I said, they have the talent. They still got great players around Joel Embiid and they're in the East, so they can be a fifth seed or because of what's going on in that locker room, I can easily see them dropping under five and even getting a seven or eight seed, getting out of a play-in tournament. So hopefully it's not the case, but that's where I got the Sixers. And then at the sixth seed, I got the Bulls. The Bulls are in a make-or-break year also. If they don't get something done or if they don't look like they're trending in the right direction by all-star break, I can see Billy Donovan getting fired. I can see them blowing the team up. Guards like Kobe White, uh, Io can get traded. I can see them moving away from DeMar DeRozan. I can see the team really blowing up if they're not winning right away. So be on the lookout for the Bulls. They have the talent to be a top five, six team in the East. They can get over some of the inconsistencies they had last year, losing close games, losing the teams they should have beat. If they can stay healthy, if Zach Levine can stay healthy, I think the Bulls can be a top five team, but just because of the inconsistencies with Billy Donovan, I'm going to have them at six. Number seven, we got the Knicks. I think the Knicks take a step back from last year. And the reason has nothing to do with the players. I think it's Tom Thibodeau fatigue. If you look at teams that Tibbs coached, Minnesota, the Bulls, Tibbs has about a three-year run with his teams and they're good. They play hard. They win a lot of regular season games. And then for some reason, they just get burnt out. I think this is the year, unfortunately, the Knicks burn out. They are very talented. Julius Randle, of course, they got a ton of guards. They got everything they need to win games. Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly. Like they got a great team. But I just feel like they're going to get burnt out over 82 games. I don't see them doing what they did last season. And I got the Knicks falling to the seventh seed. But losing Derrick Rose as well, I think that's huge for the locker room. Derrick Rose going to Memphis makes – there's no leadership really. They're really young. Jalen Brunson kind of has to take that role. He's still a young player, so it'll be interesting to see what the Knicks can do. I think they fall back to the seventh seed. And then at the eighth seed, we go to another team in New York, Brooklyn Nets. I think they can be a good team. They will play hard for Jacques Vaughn. He earned that coaching job last year. I'm glad to see they let him keep it. And I think with Ben Simmons healthy, a lot of people may chuckle about Ben Simmons. But I think if Ben Simmons can stay healthy and get comfortable in his role, he doesn't have to be the guy. I think Mikael Bridges takes a huge leap this year, might even make the all-star team. So I think with Mikael Bridges, I think he becomes a star this year. I think he carries them into that eighth seed. Obviously, they got to get out the play-in game to get it, but I don't think anybody can. Any other teams below them, the Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors, those types of teams, Orlando may take a nice little jump, but I don't think that they can beat the Brooklyn Nets. I think that team's going to be really good. I think Mikael Bridges leads the way and get them into the playoffs. Now let's get to the West, all right? The Western Conference is a totally different monster. This was crazy. It took me a while to put this list together. I got some teams off. You guys are not going to believe the teams that I have off this list. 
But that's why we want you to comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your list is. We can chop it up after the show. Let me know what you think. In the Western Conference, I got the Nuggets, the Suns at the two seed, the Kings at three, Clippers at four, the Thunder at five, the Pelicans at six, the Timberwolves at seven, and the Lakers at eight. And I barely got the Lakers in. I honestly don't even know if the Lakers will get out of the play-in. I could have easily put Memphis there. I could have put Dallas there. But I just think they'll have some, they'll struggle. So let me touch on that first. The reason I don't have Memphis making the playoffs, I think John Morant missing 25 games hurts a lot. Yes, they got Marcus Smart. Yes, they have Derrick Rose. But Derrick Rose will be more of a veteran leadership role. But the impact that John Morant has on this team, yes, you can go look at the numbers. Everybody says, oh, they played better without John Morant. Well, you got to think about it like this. John Morant was missing games in spurts. He'll miss two, three games here, three games there. He never missed 25 straight. They're going to be an entirely different basketball team this year without John Morant. He misses over a quarter of the season. And then when he comes back, you got to ingratiate him back into the team. That's going to take at least 10 more games. So now we're 35 games in trying to figure out where we're at. And in the Western Conference, it's a it's a gauntlet. Like, it was hard for me to even pick the order of these teams. So for that reason alone, I think they'll have too much ground to make up. I think Memphis doesn't make the playoffs this year, y'all. You let me know what you think. And then with the Dallas Mavericks, I like Kyrie. I like Luka. I don't think they win enough games. I think they look great. I'm going to for sure watch the Dallas Mavericks play basketball because I love watching Kyrie play basketball. I just don't think it translates to winning basketball. And in the Western Conference, every night you're playing a playoff team. So it's going to be tough for me to put Dallas in the playoffs, making the top eight. Maybe they get a play in, but I don't think they can beat any of these teams. I don't think their record will be better than any of these teams. So let's start from the top. The Nuggets, defending NBA champs, defending Western Conference champs, I think they continue to ride that wave history always tells us after a team wins their first championship they come out hungry and they usually have a great regular season of course all of this is barring injury but i think they come out have a great regular season this team is built for the regular season they'll win a bunch of games usually teams that win hit the ground running and they're motivated to repeat so because they know what it takes they play a lot smarter now they know how to win games even games, be on the lookout for the Nuggets. Games that it looks like they're down and out, they'll have a lot of comebacks this year. They'll be more resilient this year. It's just something about when you win a championship, it flips a switch in you. You know how to win basketball games. The Warriors have been doing it for the last eight, nine years, it seems like. Looks like they're out of it. Fourth quarter comes. It's just something about having championship pedigree. You win those games. So... I wouldn't be surprised. The Nuggets are going to win a lot of games. They're going to win second of back-to-backs when they just feel like their back's against the wall and they know they got to win them. I can see that happening this year for the Nuggets. Number two, I think the Suns, man. Suns are scary. They got KD. With KD, Book, and Bradley Bill, a huge pickup again, Nurkic. So that way, KD doesn't have to rim protect. And Nurkic doesn't need the ball to average a double-double. He doesn't need plays ran for him. I think that was a sneaky good pickup by them. 
they're shoring up the bench. And first year with Frank Vogel, he preaches defense. I think he has something to prove. He probably feels like he was wrongfully let go by the Lakers. NBA championship coach. I think the Suns have a great regular season. I think KD comes out hungry. I think they come out with something to prove as well. It's going to be a lot of teams with something to prove, but the Suns are so loaded with talent. They got three players that can give you 50 on any given night. I can't wait to start watching these Phoenix Suns games. I might have to go check out my boy that lives out there. You know who you are and catch some of these Suns games this season. We'll see what happens. Um, the Kings. I got the Sacramento Kings at the three seed. Again, another young, hungry team. They had a great season last year. It took Golden State to seven games in the first round. I think Mike Brown has them come back, ready to go. I see De'Aaron Fox as an all-star this year in the West. Damian Lillard goes to the East. There's a, there's a Western Conference guard spot available, and I think De'Aaron Fox gets it. So because of that, with DeMontis Sabonis, Keegan Murray, another year under his belt, some playoff experience, I think that team gets the three seed. They're going to be one of those exciting young teams that win a lot of games in the West and get them a third spot. The Clippers. Clippers get the fourth seed, Kawhi and PG, another team with a make-or-break year. Again, uh, Steve Ballmer opening up a new arena in Inglewood that's supposed to open up next season. They need These fans need something to cheer about. If Kawhi and PG can't get it done, at least get to a conference final, I'm interested to see what Steve Ballmer does with the team. They have the talent. Kawhi and PG's injuries are always a concern, but we know when they are both healthy, they are two of the most elite players in basketball. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. And they won't be able to get that rest that they're accustomed to. They have to go out and play ball games. And with that, I think they'll win more. So I got the Clippers at four. And at five, I like this team too. Ever since I've lived out here, I used to go to these games all the time. Love watching these young guys play Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to put them at the five seed. I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander takes another step leading this team. Last year, he looked great, averaged over 30. I mean, he's going to come into this season with so much confidence. I think Chet Holmgren actually equates to winning this year. I don't think he's just a guy coming in that was injured last season. I think his play will actually equate to winning basketball. Be on the lookout for them. I think Chet makes impact right away. For that reason, I put the Thunder at the sixth seed. I think they don't want to put themselves in a situation where they're playing in a play-in game at the end of the season. So they will fight hard to get that sixth spot. Actually, I had them at five. Excuse me. I had them at five. Who I have at six are the Pelicans. There's, there's a surprise right there. New Orleans Pelicans. I think Zion's healthy. I think they play extremely good basketball i think brandon ingram comes back with something to prove didn't have a great show in the usa basketball this summer i think he makes a statement in the regular season that the pelicans can be good a lot of y'all might forget the pelicans actually were the one seed going into christmas like they were the one seed in the west and zion was out of games so they actually can play they, they win games i think they sustain that not saying it'll be a one seed, but I think they sustain being competitive all year long. 
and I think they make the playoffs. They get that sixth spot. And I'm interested to see what Zion will do this year, fully healthy. At the seventh spot, I got the Timberwolves. The same thing I said about Brandon Ingram because of his showing in USA Basketball this summer, I think it's the opposite for Ant-Man. Anthony Edwards, he had a great summer. No, we didn't win. We didn't medal. But Anthony Edwards showed he can be a leader on a, on a good team. I think he brings that leadership to the Timberwolves. I think he takes the reins for the franchise. And I think they play great. I think Carl Anthony Towns takes a step back, lets Anthony Edwards do his thing and step into the light. And I believe that they will be a seventh seed in the Western Conference. Carl Anthony Towns will be healthy all year long. So looks like we'll see what happens. Anthony Edwards will be an all-star this year for sure. And for years to come, I think Anthony Edwards will be a perennial all-star. His work ethic, his skill, he gets better every year. I'm excited to see what they do. And then in the eighth seed, the LA Lakers. I don't know what it is about the rest of the world. I don't think the Lakers are that good. I think they're good enough to get in the playoffs. But just like last year, I didn't think they were that good. I don't think that that there is that good of talent around LeBron and AD. Just from watching them play, they don't look that talented. It's a new team this year, so we'll see what they do. But I don't think that they're better than any of these other teams I just named. LeBron James is going in the year 21. Congratulations to LeBron James playing 21 unbelievable seasons or 20 unbelievable seasons, about to go to year 21. But here's the thing. If he is your best player, you're not a good basketball team. And that's not a slight to LeBron. It's a slight to everybody else on that roster, including Anthony Davis. If a man that's in year 21 has to be your best player, he has to will y'all to win in games, 82 of them, that's a problem. You got a guy that's in his prime, 30 years old, can be an MVP candidate, a defensive player of the year candidate, all NBA guy. He can be a top 10 player in the league. And we got to rely on a guy that's in year 21. That's not a good sign. Like the whole purpose of LeBron bringing AD is so he can gracefully decline. Yes, he's still going to average over 20, get his eight rebounds, eight assists, but he shouldn't have to carry the team. And for this being AD's fourth year in LA, which is crazy to think. This is year four, and he still hasn't taken the range yet. The Lakers team is up in the air for me. So for that reason alone, I don't think they're better than any of the seven teams I named. So I got the Lakers in that eighth and final spot. So that's the list right there, East-Western Conference. That's who I got making the playoffs. You guys comment. Let me know what you think. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and of course, follow we will be right back with the X Factor Sports Podcast, and we will get into the NBA Awards.
Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Let me know what y'all think about those NBA picks, about the East and Western Conference, who we got making the playoffs. Now let's get into the awards. All right. With the NBA season coming in less than a week, we're going to make our X Factor Sports predictions on the individual awards. You guys let me know who you think are going to win these awards. Let me know. If you think my list is good, if you think it's trash, whatever it is you think it is, let me know. But this is what I think. So, for league MVP for this season, I got Kevin Durant winning the league MVP this year. Might be a surprise to all you guys. I think the Suns win 55-plus games this year. I'm really excited to see Kevin Durant. I think he's rejuvenated a full season in Phoenix, I'm excited to see what he does with Bradley Bill and Devin Booker. Playing with veterans that understand that this is the time for them to win now, right? Bradley Bill said it himself, I want to play meaningful basketball. I think Kevin Durant wants to establish himself as the best player in the league, which I've thought he's been for the last seven, eight years. And I think he wins the MVP. He's going to go 50, 40, 90 again. Like he, it seems like he almost does it in his sleep. But for those of you who don't know what 50, 40, 90 is, meaning for the season, he's going to shoot 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. So only him, Steph Curry, Larry Bird, and maybe Dirk Nowitzki, the only players to do that in NBA history. And he's done it multiple times. Actually did it last year, but they say it technically didn't count because he only played 50-some games. But Katie shows you what he's about every night on the court. I think he plays. Obviously, he's going to play the minimum amount of games. And because of that, he's going to show he's the best player in the world. And I think he wins MVP. And he plays both ends at an elite level post-Achilles injury. So he will make history and be the oldest player to win a league MVP since Carl Malone at age 35. The rookie of the year, I'm going to give it to Chet Holmgren, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, it's year two, but he did not play at all last year, which makes him eligible to be a rookie. So I feel like it's going to be like a Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin type of year for Chet Holmgren. He's going to come in right away. Impact winning. I think he's made a good showing in the preseason already. He's even bulked up a little bit. They won't play him at center much. He's going to be a stretch. He'll be able to move in and out. May even lead the league in block shots, him or Wimby. But I think he will win the rookie of the year. And that's no disrespect to Wimby Yama. That's no disrespect to Scoot Henderson. But this is why I think Chet, Chet Holmgren will win the rookie of the year. Because Wimby will have all the hype. Scoot will have the ball more than anybody as far as the rookies go. He's the point guard. No Damian Lillard. They put the ball in his hands. He's going to go to work. Wimby is going to have all the hype as the number one pick coming from France, playing for Popovich, but they won't play any meaningful basketball. They won't win a lot of games. So that's what I think will separate Chet Holmgren from those guys. He's going to play on a playoff team, and he's going to impact winning. He's going to be the reason or one of the reasons the Oklahoma City Thunder make the playoffs. And for that reason, I think Chet will be a rookie of the year this year. For defensive player of the year, I know I just talked about this team in the last segment, the Lakers. 
I'm going to go out and say Anthony Davis. I think AD wins defensive player of the year. It's time for AD to start getting some individual awards in this league. He's been in the league long enough. He's a seasoned veteran. He understands the game. He's a smart basketball player. And I think when healthy, he's one of the top 10 players in the world. And I think a lot of these awards are going to be predicated on the new rules of how many games you can play to be eligible for these awards. And because of that, when healthy, he's arguably the best defender in basketball. And he's motivated to play at least 65 games. If he defends, the Lakers win games. Simple as that. You can check all the metrics, all the stats, all of my analytic nerds. You can check it out anytime Anthony Davis is on the court and he actually defends, they win ball games. Simple as that. So he can lead the league in blocks and rebounds if he wants to. He's done it before. I think Anthony Davis has a big year. I think he wins defensive player of the year. If he's not up on the votes for defensive player of the year, the Lakers will not be successful this year. That has to be the goal. AD has to be one of the best offensive players and probably the best defensive player in the league for them to have a chance. And so I'm going with AD to win the defensive player of the year this year. Most improved. We talked about this kid in the Eastern Conference. He's going to lead the New York, I almost said New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> He's going to lead the Brooklyn Nets to the playoffs. Mikael Bridges, I think it's his time. I think he steps into the light. Similar to what KD is about to do in Phoenix with a full season with those guys, a full training camp. I think Miguel Bridges does the same thing in Brooklyn and becomes the most improved player. Takes a huge step, makes his first all-star game this year. And I think he leads the, the Nets, if not to a playoff appearance, at least to the play-in game. Mikael Bridges. So plays both ends. I think he'll average over 20 points a game. So all of his numbers will go up. His shooting will go up. And I think he'll be ready to take on that challenge. I can see Mikael Bridges from the Brooklyn Nets as the most improved player. Sixth man of the year, we stay in New York, but we're going with the Knicks. I think Emmanuel quickly finally gets that sixth man of the year. He was second in votes behind Malcolm Brogdon last year. And he is the best guard that comes off the bench in the Eastern Conference. I think he's better than Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero kind of took a dip last couple of years, and Emmanuel Quigley is on the rise. So be on the lookout for that. I think he plays a ton of huge minutes for the Knicks. They're going to need him to win ball games. So I know he'll play heavy minutes in meaningful games, and that's what the sixth man of the year usually does. Think about all those years. Jamal Crawford won sixth man of the year. He was on good teams, Atlanta Clippers, and he's playing meaningful basketball. And I think Emmanuel Quigley will be the same way. He's going to play in some meaningful games against some good teams, and he will play big in those games. I got Emmanuel Quigley to get the sixth man of the year. And last but not least, the coach of the year. I think that stays in the Eastern Conference as well. I'm going to give that to J.B. Bickerstaff. I think it'll be a long time coming. J.B. Bickerstaff has been a part of the NBA for over 25 years. His father was a coach. I think the Cavs take a leap this year, get one of the top three seeds in the East. And I think they can win over 50 games for back-to-back -back years, back-to-back -back seasons. They won 51 games last season. I can see the Cavs winning another 50 games for the first time since LeBron 
in Kyrie era, winning over 50 games in two seasons in a row. I think they win some big games. I think J.B. Bickerstaff brings that young team together, and he wins the coach of the year. So you guys let me know what you think. I got my award winners, KD, Chet Holmgren, Anthony Davis, Mikael Bridges, Emmanuel Quigley, J.B. Bickerstaff. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and of course, follow to the X Factor Sports Podcast. When we come back, we are going to get into the NFL. We change lanes, and we're going to get into our Week 7 X Factors. You know how we do it with the Thursday night game, the early Sunday, the late Sunday, Sunday night, and the Monday night football. You don't want to miss this NFL segment when we come back with the X Factor Sports Podcast. Season 2 of the X Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondane is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans. Yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Again, this is Jay Mondane. Thank you guys for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 8. Be sure to continue to throw your comments in. We will have those on the screen throughout the show. I appreciate you guys for tapping in. This show is all about fan interaction. I love it when you guys make comments. We will subs and subscribe to the show. We will make sure that we respond to those comments always. All right. Now to the NFL. Our X Factors for Week 7. We got Thursday night football tomorrow. We got Jacksonville at New Orleans. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence plays. They said his knee was a little iffy, probable, questionable. Hopefully we get him to play. Honestly, if he doesn't play tomorrow, I don't know how much of that game I'm going to watch. But <laughs> I still got an X factor for y'all for that game. The Thursday night game, I got Alvin Kamara running back for the New Orleans Saints. He is getting off to a great start. He was suspended the first three games. Ever since he's come back, his numbers have been better and better and better. For all my fantasy players out there, fantasy football, if you look at Alvin Kamara's numbers, he has been over the projections the last three weeks. I feel like those first three games of the season for him were like preseason games. I think he's ready to go full stride tonight against a banged up Jacksonville team. And I think that he is going to have a monster game. At home, Alvin Kamara always plays good at home, always plays good in prime time. Jacksonville's given up nine receiving touchdowns, and the Saints have given Alvin Kamara over 20 touches in the running and passing game combined. I think he has a great game. Alvin Kamara gets a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown tomorrow. He is my X Factor for Thursday night. For the early game Sunday, we got the Lions and the Ravens. That's the game we picked for the early early block. I'm going with Lamar Jackson, the QB. I think he has a bounce back game. Played decent 
last week eked away a victory, but I feel like he can play better. I think he thinks he can play better as well against a Lions secondary that's not that great. They got a good front seven, but they give up a lot of points. I think this is a game for Lamar back home to show out. Lions give up over 300 yards of total offense. I think Lamar makes plays with his feet. I think he throws in the air. I think he plays mistake-free football on Sunday. So give Lamar two TDs and a rushing touchdown, and he's passing for over 250 yards. Lamar Jackson is my early window X-factor for week seven. For the late game on Sunday, we got the Chargers at Chiefs. Seems like the Chiefs have been running the AFC West for as long as I can remember, at least. So, and I don't think anything changes on Sunday afternoon. I got Patrick Mahomes as my X factor for that game. Chargers give up over 400 yards of offense. Dak looked like he had his best game as a quarterback this season against the Chargers. So, you know what that says about that. So, with the Chargers coming on a short week, traveling, I think Mahomes dominates at home. They come in prepared, ready to go. I think Kelsey has a big game. Mahomes throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I really think he dominates tomorrow uh, on Sunday. So for all my fantasy players, if you got Patrick Mahomes, get excited this week. I think Mahomes has a big game. He's my X factor for the late Sunday game. For Sunday night, this is probably the game of the week. And I'm so glad it's on Sunday night. We got the Eagles and the Dolphins. The Dolphins actually go to Philly. They get a game where they finally play a team that can match their offense with defense. I'm very excited to see this game. For my X factor for this game, I believe the Eagles defense shows up for a couple reasons. Number one, they're pissed off. They lost to the Jets last week. <laughs> like, you got championship aspirations. You've been playing kind of shaky already. We talked about it on episode seven. They've been finding ways to win games. And it kind of caught up with them against the Jets. Probably took them lightly. I don't think this team takes the Dolphins lightly at all. They might have honestly been overlooking the Jets because they knew they had the Dolphins this week. I might have said Giants. I apologize. The Dolphins this week. I don't think they overlook anybody anymore the rest of the, the way. I think they make an example out of the Dolphins. That Eagles defense shows up and shows out. They play angry Sunday night. I think they shut down the Dolphins running game with A-Chain on IR. I think they shut down and focus on Raheem Moser. They don't allow over 60 yards of rushing in this game. And before you even comment on that and say, Jay, you crazy. They won't allow 60 yards. The Eagles only allow 68 yards a game rushing anyway. And now with motivation, I don't think the Dolphins get over 60 yards of rush. So it's going to be a great game. I'm excited to see how this Eagles defense shows up at home in front of their fans after a disappointing loss last week. And my X factor for the Monday night game, we got the 49ers visit the Vikings, another pissed off team that lost to the Browns. A Browns team with no quarterback, no disrespect to P.J. Walker, but I feel like the 49ers may have took a day off. They saw Deshaun Watson wasn't playing. They may have underestimated that team. But the Browns, congratulations to them with a huge win. A bunch of people lost money because of y'all. <laughs> and some people even got out of their loser's pool. Sorry, Miss D. But the Browns, 
with a huge, probably season-turning victory for the Browns. So congratulations to them. Because of that, I think the 49ers take that out on the Vikings <laughs> on Monday night. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy as the X factor for Monday night football. I think he bounces back, has a great game. I think Shanahan schemes up things to make Brock Purdy more comfortable in this game. The Vikings secondary is not great. The Bears couldn't prove it last week because the front seven got dominated. I think that with the 49ers offense, they show you how susceptible the Vikings secondary is to big plays. I think Brandon Ayuk has a big game. Christian McCaffrey may be hobbled, so the ball will come out early and get to George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. And for that reason, I think Brock Purdy has a big game. Vikes not great in primetime games. We've watched the Minnesota Vikings forever. Kirk Cousins doesn't really show up. He has decent stats, empty calories, but in the game, they really don't look that great. I think the 49ers have a get-back game and Brock Purdy shows out. So those are my X factors for week seven. If you got these players on your fantasy, get excited. I think they play well. Alvin Kamara, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Eagles defense, Brock Purdy. All right. When we come back, we get into the two-minute warning. You guys don't want to miss this. I love closing the show out this way. We will be back with the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a great show. NBA, we talked NFL, wondered why the hell we got college football, college basketball rankings early on, but we'll get into that later down the road. But before we get out of here, we do our two-minute warning. And what I want to talk about, something that hit close to home to me this week, I really wholeheartedly believe in it. Like all of my two-minute warnings, I believe in this, so that's why I bring it to you guys. Being the type of friend that you need. I feel like that's important to me. I've always told myself, if I'm gonna call somebody my friend, that's an important thing to say to somebody. I don't just go around telling everybody they're friends of mine. I think it means something still to this day. But when I do, establish a friendship with somebody. I want to be the type of friend that I need. So what I mean by that is you treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Golden rule. If you need to be, if you need a dependable friend, then be dependable. If you need a trustworthy friend, then be trustworthy. You know what I mean? It, it sounds simple saying it out loud, but it does take work. Like all friendships, all relationships do. But you know, if you want a friend that's fun, then go out and be fun. You know, attract, be the type of people you want to attract. I think that's the best thing. You want an honest friend, then be honest. So you're a reflection of the people you surround yourself with. 
you know, my wife, Miss D, she always tells me like, Jay, you got good friends. Like she hear me talking to friends back from back home or when she comes back home with me and she hangs out with them. Every time we leave from a place, she's like, you got really good friends. And I feel like that's a compliment that she's giving me because I'm surrounding myself with the type of people that I feel like I am. So I say all that to say this, be the type of friend that you need, okay? I wanna be around the type of people that I wanna be. And if you're loyal to your friends and if you want to be a loyal friend, then you have to be loyal as well. So I'll end it with this. You are a reflection of the people you surround yourself with. All right? Oh, and thank y'all for tuning in tonight. This is season two, episode eight of the X Factor Sports Podcast. You do not want to miss next week. We have fan appreciation. That is my favorite episode of all the episodes on the seasons. Episode nine is fan appreciation. It will be the Halloween special as well. I might have a special surprise for you guys. I may be in the next Back to Sports shirt. I may be in a costume. Who knows? You got to tune in to see what what that is going to be. Also, we have our second iteration of the college football power rankings. You don't want to miss that. Our top 10. And we talk about the World Series, the fall classic matchup. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. I want to thank Ms. D for producing as always. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Can't wait to see you next week for the fan appreciation Halloween episode. Peace.